Who, who in their life has had someone they've looked up to, like just respected, stuff like that? Few people, that's pretty, that's pretty normal. You're pretty normal people. Um, so maybe like you've looked up to a celebrity, maybe you've looked up to just someone important in your life, maybe you've looked up to me in your life. Pretty co- it's pretty common. People do it. Um, I, I've had a few people that I've looked up to, and one of them was this guy called Tim Lembesis. And he's, that's him in um, the middle. He's the lead vocalist for a metal band called As They Lay Dying. Pretty crazy name. And, like, despite how hectic they look, they're actually Christian. And um, the reason, or part of the reason why I looked up to this guy is because of how godly he was. So his band was nominated. Do you guys know what Grammys are? Yeah, great. Yeah. So his band was, not Grannies. His band was nominated for a Grammy, and, but, but he didn't want to go because he had to buy a ticket to go, and he thought that the money spent on that ticket could be spent or for more godly reasons. So he didn't choose to go. He chose not to go to the um, Grammys. Another thing he did is, um, well, not did, but his attitude and stuff, he didn't want to be friends with his fans because he wanted to serve his friends. And any fan of his wasn't going to let him serve that fan. That fan was just going to serve him, and he didn't want that. And he was just a really godly guy. But a few weeks ago, I read in the news that Tim, the guy that I looked up to and respected and thought was, you know, a solid Christian, a super godly guy, he was arrested for trying to hire a hitman to kill his wife. And he's, he's facing trial right now. And when I heard it, I was, it was, sho- I was shocked. Like, it was crushing to hear that someone you looked up to, that happened to them. And, like, how could someone like that do, how could someone you think is so godly go ahead and do something so evil? Like, he was such a good dude, you know. What changed? We're left with wondering why. Why did this happen? That's exactly the question that we're meant to be left with when reading Judges. Why? Why did the people that God rescued, the people that God chose, why did those people become so evil? That's what the writer of this book is trying to get us to ask. And through asking that question, we'll see that we're messed up and w- so we need a king. Now that might be a bit of an odd thing to say, but that's the main point tonight, and we'll see later on why that's true. But first, let's pray together. Father, I pray that you help us to, to see what you're trying to tell us in the Bible. Help us to not come to this without like preconceived ideas. Help us to just yeah, listen to what you're saying. I pray you'll teach us. I pray that we'll love learning about you and please help us to love you more. And I pray for me that you'll help me to say what's true. Help me not to say things that are wrong and twist what your word is saying. Amen. All right. So the first point that I want you guys to see in this passage is that God's people were messed up. We can see that from the whole passage that was read out and all of chapter 19. We only read out the, um, the low points 
of God's people's messed upness. Um, when, the, when the men surrounded the house and demanded that um, the Levite be sent out to be abused by them, um, and they end up abusing the Levite's wife. And this shows how insanely messed up God's people have become. But to see the true extent of how messed up they've become, we need to see some stuff that happened before this event. So in verses 3 to 9, you see a Levite, this Levite guy, travel to his father-in-law's place because his wife leaves him and she just ends up at that place. And this father-in-law is like the nicest guy in the world. Like the Levite stays for like, three-ish days or something, and then the um, father-in-law's like, you know what, stay for lunch, enjoy yourself, gets to lunchtime, and he's like, it's too late to leave now, you stay for dinner, relax, enjoy yourself, next day, stay for lunch, you know, enjoy yourself, and it just keeps going on for like ever, like you're reading it, and you're like, when did this guy stop inviting him back? It, so he's, he's a nice guy, he's pretty nice. And that's contrasted against God's people at Gibeah who won't even let the Levite into their house, even though he has all his food for himself. The father-in-law is a pagan. They didn't love God. They're meant to be the bad guys. But when the bad guy welcomes you in, but your own people don't welcome you in, that really makes their messed upness clear. And then in verse 11 and 12, when they eventually leave the father-in-law's house, they almost avoid this whole situation. They, um, the servant suggests that they go to a place called Jebus instead of Gebeah. But the Levite's like, no way, we ain't going to the pagan city. We're going to Gebeah. We can trust those guys. Pagans are no good. So it kind of makes sense, right? That's a smart thing to think. It'd be like choosing to stay in that top hotel rather than stay in that bottom hotel. Obvious choice. Like, you got who knows what's going to happen there. But, but we find out that that top hotel is actually full of Nazi zombies and the bottom hotel is just full of regular nice people, just with, like, lemonade and stuff. It's perfectly nice. Again, there's the contrast. The Levite mistakenly thinks that he's going to be safer in the Israelite town, even though he came from the nicest pagan in the world. But then we get to the low point of this passage. So in verse 15, there in Gibeah, no one welcomes them in. The person who does welcome them in isn't even from Gibeah. And then you have the men surround, the men from the city surround the house banging on the door, demanding that the Levite be sent out to be raped. And this is meant to remind us of another time when something similar happened. In Genesis 19, a pagan city called Sodom, uh, men surrounded a house there, banging on the door, demanding that the people inside be sent out to be raped as well. And now it's happening again. Except it's not happening in a pagan city this time. It's happening in a city of God's people. It's become switched around. God's people are now the ones who are acting like the bad guys. They're acting worse than the pagans when they should be the good ones who are obeying and loving God. So have those contrasts. And they show us how messed up 
God's people have become. Now they're more messed up than pagans. Now the event itself shows us how messed up God's people have become. You know, um, in the passage that Brit uh, read out, some dudes turn up to the house wanting to abuse the Levites. That's messed up, first of all. But the host of the house offers his daughter and the Levite's wife instead. Who does that? Like, imagine your dad offering you up in that situation. Then the Levite, he eventually sends out his wife and the group of men abuse her all night. And then as, as if the Levite couldn't get any worse, when, he, when the, um, it's morning and he sees his wife motionless on the ground at the doorstep after all she's been through, all he has to say is, get up, let's go. What the heck? Your wife has just been abused for the whole night. Now she's dead on the ground and that's all you have to say. No sympathy. Doesn't even shed a tear. God's people were messed up. Now this passage is kind of like this meme up here. You guys, do you guys know about North Korea and South Korea? So like North Korea is like the super evil state, like... They're, they're north of South Korea, if you didn't know. They're, so this meme is kind of like making a comparison. And like North Korea just looks super evil there, hey. Like compared to South Korea where they're all like size heaps friendly and nice, North Korea looks super evil. But they look particular. North Korea looks even more evil when you compare the two, yeah? So that's like this passage in Judges. Except God's people should have been South Korea. Instead, they're evil like North Korea. And that's what the writer of Judges is trying to show you. That God's people are messed up. Now, when trying to apply this to ourselves, it's so easy to go, well, um, I wouldn't be like that. I'm not that stupid. I would totally be good. No. If... Anyone is going to obey God, it's the people who were literally just saved by God. They have more reason to obey God than us. But they didn't. And neither can we. We're just as messed up. Now, if you're a Christian, don't pretend like you're better than the people you read in the Bible when they sin and stuff up. You're not better than them. Be humble and don't be like Israel. Instead, be loving and welcoming to people. Like if someone, a new person comes to youth, love and welcome that person. Love and welcome each other. Don't be like God's people back then. Now, if, you, if you're not a Christian, then you have to realize that you're just as messed up as us. And so you've got a problem with God. So God's people were messed up. But why were they like that? Well, it's because, and this is the second point tonight, God's people were messed up without a king. Have a look at verse 1. 
In those days, Israel had no king. The writer starts off his story with the reason. They had no king, and this is what it was like. And then you see at the end of the book, the last thing that he writes is, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. Can, um, can someone give me a tissue? Someone? A leader? I need a tissue. Thanks, Brent. I appreciate that. All right, let's, ho- let's hope I last while I get one. Oh, man, if I, if I face down, it just it makes it worse. Quickly, Brent! Oh, yeah, I could. You know what? I'm just doing it. I'm doing this. I'm doing it. Too late. You had your chance, Brent. Well, I had my chance, but you blew it for me. Thanks, buddy. All right. Is this used? I'm going to trust you and hope that... All right, it's not used. All right, so they had no king, and, and then this is what it's like for the people with no king. And then at the end... Um, the, writer fi- the last thing the writer says is, in those days they had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. God's people were messed up. How are they meant to rule themselves and do a good job of it if they're messed up? They can't. They couldn't rule themselves because they couldn't see what's really right. You know, what's right is loving God by obeying him. But they didn't do that. And without a king who could rule them right, they were messed up. Now, Israel's like my brother Jerry, all right? Now, when we were younger, we went to the, we, we were coming back from the Easter show and we got home and, um, oh man, that's so nice of you. These are like paper towels, but thanks, dude. No, that is nice of you. I appreciate that. So yeah, Israel, like my brother Jerry, came back from the Easter show. All his like lollies and stuff from the show bags were on the lounge room floor. And mum was like, Jerry, you got to clean this stuff up. By the time I get back, or oh, you're going to be in so much trouble. And like, at that time, um, well, she left and I was about to go to youth and Jono had come to my house to pick me up to take me to youth. And so we were kind of standing there in the lounge room. Jerry had just had a shower and he's sitting there in the lounge room just with a towel on. And Jono's like standing right next to him, which is weird. But um, everything's still on the floor, hadn't cleaned up a thing. And then he hears footsteps come up to the door and his mum. And the first thing he does isn't to clean up. He runs over to the door and locks the door so mum can't come in, then dives onto the floor and is like scrambling to pick everything up while trying to hold onto his towel because me and Jono are still there. And like mum's just going, Jerry, what's going on? Let me in. It was hilarious to watch and he got in so much trouble. It was so good. For me, not for him. Without mum there to tell him what to do, Jerry was messed up. Like, how could he be expected to do all that stuff without mum there if he was messed up? That's like Israel without a king. That's like us as well. We can't rule ourselves. We can't decide to do the right thing because we, we don't know it. We don't know the right thing. Remember Tim from the start? He, he didn't have a king, and he did what he wanted to do, and he, got, he was messed up. We need a king. You know, the good news is that even though God's angry at us for not loving and obeying him, he gave us 
a perfect king who will never die. Jesus is our king. And he helps Christians to obey God through two ways. Number one is he tells us the right way to live through the Bible. This is Jesus speaking to us. So don't go through your day without reading the Bible because how are you going to know what your king wants from you if you're not hearing from him? And every day think about how Jesus being your king impacts the way that you live your life. The second way that he helps us is by sending the Holy Spirit to us. And Jesus calls him the helper. And he helps us by changing our hearts and helping us to understand what Jesus says. When you grow as a Christian, you only ever grow as a Christian if the Holy Spirit is changing your hearts. So pray. Pray and ask God that he would help you more each day. Don't rely on your own strength because we're messed up. Rely on what Jesus has given you. Now, if you're not a Christian, what you need to do is not to try and be good. That's not how you get saved. That's not how you become a Christian. That's not how you get God to like you. You need to come to Jesus and recognize him as your king and trust that he'll save you. Because we're all messed up. And we all need Jesus to save us. What an awesome king God's given us. He's, he's put us before himself. He served us. He bled for us on the cross. Don't ever forget your king because we're messed up and we need him.